0: everyone welcome back to outcast catholic i'm father travis crotty
1: and i am father shane demon
0: and we are at our fourth episode right now friends so we are
1: well loving life i am we are still rocking here with this equipment sleepy get the caffeine going father i wish i had it where's your coffee you always have coffee
0: i had some before we started and i need some more i do have my um a big uh, hydro flask full of water. Okay. I have two hydro flasks, Father Jane. Uh-huh. Um One came from the Lost and Found at Galen, and one came from the Lost and Found at because they sat in there for like months and months and months. And I asked the office ladies, I said, You're going to donate those soon? They said, Yeah, you could just grab one.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so I got a fresh new cap for this one. So kind of exciting. So this is my blue for, you know, Healing Crusaders. That's exciting. Wow. Thanks. What a fine. Congrats. Yeah, so I guess the, the hydration is still kind of going strong. Good. Which is it's fine. good to stay hydrated um, in the winter. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, Father Shane, we just came back from our uh, our office Christmas party. We that did we just had. Now something happened that I didn't experience last year, and I don't know if it's ever happened before. But we had a little Christmas trivia game. Yeah, I think
1: this was new this, this year, brand new. Yeah, little
0: crowd interaction. Yeah, I think what was just kind of interesting was like, I don't know, like teach a seminary, have a doctorate, like all these fun things. But like, like my table is the one that won.
1: Congratulations. I'm not sure
0: why that happened.
1: That you didn't kind of do it, kind of carry your team. Well, um, <laughs> considering some of them, some of the questions were about Christmas carols. Some of the questions were about obscure saints. It um, seems like literally right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just didn't have Christmas trivia right at my fingertips today. I guess you're. I'm uh, gonna. I'll have to brush up next year for the company Christmas party. <laughs> so, good
0: old company Christmas party. Yeah, um, that's right. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know that
1: Holiday Inn was the original film that Bing Crosby sings. What is it? I'm white dreaming Christmas. of a white Christmas. Yeah, I was... I didn't know that one My either. My theological studies didn't ever expose me to that fact. I'm I sorry. I
0: was pretty um, excited that I got... Um, we got a Rose Air Blooming, but the one that I got was the... Uh, one of the... Oh, it was like one of the first ones. Um,
1: was it a Christmas Carol question? It was a
0: Carol, yeah. It wasn't really a Carol. It was
1: like an Advent hymn. Oh, the... the the king, yes, the king shall come When morning dawns. Yes, the king shall come When
0: morning Uh Father Gallus, the director of liturgy, was sitting there, big music guy, and mm-hmm. I was the one who actually like sang through it and found that out. So I was very proud of that. That was kind of
1: fun. Yeah, and I complained and, and called me persnickety, but the category in this Jeopardy round was Christmas carols, yeah, not the, Advent hymns. Yeah, <laughs> those
0: are very different things. Yeah, which but does rest Ye merry gentlemen.
1: Yeah, well, a carol. It, it expands. It expands the the uh, possibilities of choices by about another 25 hymns. That's right. So when you're in the heat of the moment, there's a lot to kind of rifle through in the there brain. Was, there was, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really get a trophy. Um, but you get to donate a gift of $250 to your table's favorite charity. That's right. Which charity did you also Everybody like?
0: was joking. We said the cathedral, of the epiphany no. <laughs> where we live. <laughs> I believe it'll be going to the soup kitchen in Sioux city, which will be good. Which should be nice. Yeah. That's, that's a, a good, worthy cause. That is a worthy cause at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right there's something else I was going to say about that.
1: Well, you won oh, we, congratulations. We, lost, we,
0: we missed one. And you know, you're the big Saint Faustina guy. Mm-hmm. The quote was about um the, the quote was about the abyss of mercy that's experienced. Of living advent of, always. Of living advent always in this abyss of his mercy and we're like bam, Saint Faustina. Mm-hmm. No, Saint Teresa of Avila. Yeah. Did you know that? You I probably know this the diary of Saint Faustina so well that you're like that's absolutely
1: not in there. No, I didn't know it, uh, that it was Teresa of Avila, but there were people on our side of the room at other tables who did know it wow. because they just remember her speaking about how much she wanted the Advent season to mm. continue in her soul always with a coming and waiting expectation of Jesus' full arrival into her life. Um, That's excellent. Yeah, so there are some people in the room that knew it. But well, we are ready, and now that we know that we can anticipate, we'll be practicing,
0: getting our teams established mm-hmm. next year You know, to uh, – Obviously carry on the crown um, and for maybe you guys to try a little harsher's
1: on. See if you can relive your claim Um, next year. What I
0: shared at the table today was when I was studying Spanish in Guatemala, Mm -hmm. um, we happened to be there on the 4th of July and to be outside of the country on the 4th of July. I don't know if that ever happened to you. Probably, surely Um, at some point.
1: Probably, I don't quite remember. Anyways, it's
0: a weird experience for the first time to be outside of the, the U.S. and you want to celebrate the 4th of July. Uh-huh. There happened to be a trivia night at this, this English pub that was in the kind of this touristy English pub that was in this city in Guatemala. So we went to it, yes. and there was no recognition that it was the 4th of July. There was just a random trivia night. Mm-hmm. We, names are a big deal in trivia teams. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, I made our name the Declaration of Win Dependence and wow. thought it was so clever we did not win the name Oh. Uh, there was a competition for the best name. I'm sorry, Father. That was unfortunate. Do you still carry a wound? A little bit. Okay. You know, that was an extremely um, unintentional segue, uh-huh. but here we are. Here we are. Let's talk about Central Americans. Let's talk about it. Uh, you sent me, uh, as my vocation director, to study Spanish in Guatemala. I did. Uh, that summer was the first time I ever left the country. Uh-huh. Uh, we went on our pilgrimage to Europe, to um, to Italy and France for a day, yeah, and then I had three days in Omaha, and then I went to Guatemala for six weeks. It was an exciting, exciting summer. International traveler, you are wonderful. Okay. Um, you t- also told me, I'll call you out on our, um, you know, on air here. Uh, you told me at one point you said. Yeah, so this is just so you can get kind of familiar and comfortable with Spanish. And so you can at least celebrate the sacraments, you know. But if we send you to like a real, you know, experience of Spanish ministry in a parish, we'll probably let you do a second immersion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did this immersion, and then I had two more years of seminary with very little exposure to Spanish. Mm -hmm. Then my first assignment, um, there was a Spanish mass every week, and I was the only priest in town who spoke Spanish
1: without a second immersion. Well, God bless you. You just dove right in. Baptism by fire. Yeah. That's right. I would say that. You know, you embraced your Spanish studies far more than many Sumerians did, and you actually came home pretty conversant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think the bishop asked that everyone is prepared to celebrate the sacraments at a bare minimum to like mm-hmm. read the missal at mass, read the baptism ritual, and you you far exceeded that.
0: Yeah, I did so, enjoy it. So, thank you for you know yes. coming. Do,
1: do you need another immersion, Father? Uh,
0: it'd be fun. Um,
1: <laughs> that wasn't the question.
0: would <laughs> <laughs> Be a good time. Yeah, growing up uh, in Northwest Iowa, I just want to kind of like acknowledge this. I think um, small towns especially um, saw, especially in the past 30 years, large influx of uh, Latino, Hispanic um, folks from Mexico, Central America, Latin America. There's a lot of different names. Hispanic refers to people who speak Spanish, obviously. Mm -hmm. Latino refers to people who are from Latin America. But we saw a large influx of a lot of people right, with a lot of our um, pork packing plants um, and a lot of agricultural jobs around our diocese. Um, it was very attractive to folks from poorer areas um, in Latin America who needed jobs they came to the U.S. Um, I remember growing up, just a little kind of low-key racism that was out there kind of around of maybe the recognition of these people don't speak English. They just need to learn English. You know, These people have a different culture. They just need to figure out our culture because they're coming here. And I remember that, that little tension. Um, and then as I grew up, I just remember the recognition of wait. All of us, unless we have Native American ancestry, are are from immigrant families, mm-hmm. and most of us, um, the Irish had an accent, but most of us weren't speaking, you know, contemporary American English when our families came here. Mm-hmm. You know, most of our small towns had newspapers in German, mm-hmm. right, in Polish, and in French, and whatever these Italian, whatever these um, ethnic experiences and traditions of immigration were. However, through my experience of immersion in Guatemala and now my ministry as a priest in Lamar's and Sioux City, I've had a tremendous gift in uh, being able to do ministry with a lot of Hispanic uh, and Latino people. What I found in that ministry is that the faith that f- folks, especially who've, who've immigrated themselves or their children who are now these you know, children of these immigrant uh, parents, the faith that they've brought from Mexico when I was in Guatemala from Central America, some from South America, but mostly Mexico and Central America, it's strong. Mm-hmm. It's very strong. And my experience of studying Spanish in Guatemala was one of being in a Catholic country for the first time and experiencing what real Catholic culture that's like in the soil looks like when everybody makes a sign of the cross when they pass the church, you know, even if they're not going on Sundays where it's just, it's in your bones, things like that. Um, I've been able to see the gift of faith that's present in the Latino community, especially here in our diocese. But I've also been able to see through some statistics and things like that the real kind of, the, the point that we're at right now that's it's a little alarming of the amount of young Hispanic Catholics who are t- kind of dropping off from the church, mm-hmm. from the life of the church. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think one of the biggest ones that I'm always noticing is that so often the faith and the Spanish language are tied Kids grow up going to Mass in Spanish. Spanish language is what they think of with their grandparents and older generations and back in the old country. And they think they speak English in school, right? So it's, it's very different. However, we just had the experience of celebrating um, the feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe, the patronal feast of our diocese. And it fell on a Tuesday when we had our high school Mass and we celebrated the Mass in Spanish. And I watched what I'd already always anticipated, but I watched the delight in the kind of the faces during the communion line of the Spanish speaking students or the children of Latino immigrants who were so delighted that we were kind of highlighting their culture, not just their language, but especially the patronage of our lady of Guadalupe um, and her apparition that happened in Mexico so long ago. And what I preached about was that as our lady of Guadalupe and her apparition was such a gift to the people of Mexico, the conversions that followed right the child sacrifice, of the Aztecs went, went away eventually that so are the, the folks who are coming from Mexico, from, from Latin America, from Central America, are such a gift with their faith to our diocese. But especially for our young people right now, that faith needs to be an integrated part of their life, not just something that is cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we've seen in our um, Irish for me, Irish and German, I know you've got Polish in your family as well, it took generations for the faith to kind of slowly dissipate. But now it's happening right now, right? And the faith is kind of riding or dying on them. Um, So I just want to kind of lean into that a little bit and and just remind our listeners who are from Latino uh, background that you do bring such a gift to our area, to our diocese. Remind folks who might be uncomfortable with people speaking a different language that the kind of rich cultural heritage that we have, folks coming from all over the place, from Asia, from Africa, (laughs) it's a gift um, for our diocese. But we need to take seriously this gift of faith that we're receiving. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you had such a good experience at the high school with celebrating our lady of Guadalupe when it fell on a Tuesday that happened for me uh, when I was in that similar role. Oh, probably about five or six years ago. I I did not find it to be as moving of an experience. I found the whole room to be actually really dead. And I I wanted this to be a big feast day. And I just felt like I was getting no energy back from the congregation, but praise God that it was such a,
0: I experienced that all the time. So like a little bit of feedback. That's
1: good. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the statistics right at my fingertips, but if I'm not mistaken, most U.S. dioceses are seeing a decline in Anglo uh, participation levels in Anglo uh, just registered Catholic households. That's different in the South, especially with a lot of snowbirds, you know, migrating to the South. But for the most part, um, in the Upper Plains and in the Rust Belt of the United States, uh, Anglo numbers are are declining. And what's really falsely misleading is that so many diocesan statistics are staying stable because of the influx of so many Hispanics coming here. Uh, we're, we're, we're losing Anglos out the back door, we're welcoming a number of Hispanics, and you might say, well that's still a good, and it is a good, uh, but it would be nice to welcome you know all the Latinos who are coming you know, to our respective dioceses while also maintaining anyone else that's been here for several generations of families and thereby enriching the life of the church, and always growing this for the for the sake of the kingdom of God, not simply for marketing you know purposes, but to actually have souls in union with Christ, their Savior. So, so we don't want anyone to be slipping away. And as you point out, this is a major problem. Um, so many young families are are practicing the faith, and yet culturally, if if the faith is not deeply ingrained with a high level of discipleship, and if it just becomes kind of um, a family symbol, or or a means to kind of keep the the language of grandma and grandpa going uh, by worshiping in Spanish on Sundays as a family, or just becomes kind of a, a, a something that families are going through the emotion, going through the motions. Well, it, that's obviously not a, a lived expression of the faith that has deep roots, uh, but it's also not living to the full potential of what these Hispanic communities are giving to the U.S. church right now, um, and not just the U.S. church. Many other countries around the world in which Catholicism from Latin America and South America is, is being exported in a beautiful way as they keep their, their family roots with them but also keep passing on the, the faith that's been handed on to them in a living sense of, of witness and tradition. Uh, so th- this is a problem. And, and we have to help young people in the Hispanic community and all generations realize how much of a gift they are to our diocese but also to realize, as you say, they're standing on a precipice right now, and they cannot lose track of what's been handed on to them—the the the, um, the tradition, literally the handing on of this rich faith that so many generations, especially for Mexicans that have had to live through persecution in previous generations of their households, um, they have had to hold on to this so deeply in the face of great hostility, as is also the case with our Vietnamese communities. Uh, experiencing communist repression in certain parts uh, of their family histories. That that lineage and that witness of faith cannot be taken lightly. Uh, it has to be honored and revered as a new gift to our diocese, um, but it also should not be lost in, the, in what gives their family identity and the way that God cont- continues to grace their families should they remain faithful to him.
0: Yeah, and just I just really want to, like, offer this encouragement lest we fall into more and more of that kind of low grade racism. I think most of us would, would say, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not walking around with kind of like a, 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 you know, a violent racism towards other people who are not of my race. But there's always that discomfort with those who are foreign, those who are not from here, or those who are not speaking the same thing as me, eating the same thing as me, whatever. I just want to offer kind of an anecdote that I experienced in Guatemala that was so helpful for me than to step into Spanish ministry to realize, wait, we have the same faith. Mm -hmm. And these different traditions that we might have or these different experiences of the faith, I mean, that took root in different parts of the world that are now kind of coming back together, that that can actually foster more unity instead of division. Like The diversity can actually bring about a greater unity to recognize that even though we have different languages and different traditions, different experiences of the faith, we have the one faith. We have... Christ, mm-hmm. the Lord, in the one church. When I was in Guatemala, um, Corpus Christi was such a huge celebration, the the Feast Day of the Body and Blood of Christ in June, that that particular diocese allowed every parish in the diocese to celebrate Corpus Christi on a different day. Mm. So they had Corpus Christi processions literally in every parish, mm-hmm. ever, ever, all over the place, right? And I think in the U.S., what we'll experience now, some parishes that are bringing those back, I know we spoke about that recently, um, that's exciting and that's good, but they're very... Kind of clean cut, short. This parish to this parish around the block one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, went to this in the middle of July. I went to this Corpus Christi procession that was in a small pueblo that the kind of on the side of a mountain. It was like five hours long, mm-hmm. and it went up every single street of the mountain, um, and it was beautiful and it was messy and it was wild and there were fireworks and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. But in the middle of the procession, um, I noticed these two um, young adult women who. They were obviously Caucasian, and I just kind of assumed that they were American by their kind of, the, the, the type of dress they were wearing, how they are wearing their hair, things like that. And sure enough, they saw us, and we were kind of towered over all of the very Mayan Guatemalans, so we kind of saw each other and recognized. So with another seminarian, we started talking to them, and they were language students, but they weren't Catholic. I don't know if they were even really that Christian, and they were taking kind of a, a little, you know, trip on that weekend to just see a cultural experience of this procession, and they thought it was kind of a, a sight to behold it was kind of fun we walked with them for a while that we chatted with where they were from where they went to school these things but i started to recognize that i had so much more in common with the guatemalans who were actually following christ who were actually worshiping the lord president the blessed sacrament of like oh this might be a little different we don't usually have fireworks at the seminary when we had you know adoration but mm-hmm. oh this is the same this is the same right we're well, the same vestments he's a priest like i'm studying to prepare to be a priest oh oh, these people, these people are my people. Mm-hmm. And I had so much more in common through my faith with these Guatemalan people than I did with these two American girls who probably didn't have a great belief in God. Yeah. Um, but they just, you know, we, had, we, we ate the same food, had the similar cultural trends. So it was so helpful to just recognize that the differences that are uh, that are present um, in our skin color, our language, our, our culture, that that's actually brought together in such a beautiful way in the body of Christ and the church. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening in our country. It's what has been happening. It's what always happened. But if we actually can look at that in a positive light, instead of such a negative light, a lot of our parishes kind of have two communities existing at the same time. A lot of our schools and a lot of folks, a lot of Latino folks can feel very outcast. Mm-hmm. And I know some of you listen. Um, we're grateful for your faith. We are grateful We are grateful for the, the sacrifice and the suffering that so many have placed, like you said, in Mexico and the persecutions, but also immigrating here Mm -hmm. all the different um struggles that have come with that there's great sacrifice there's been great virtue there's a great gift in the faith that you have to receive more fully to integrate that but then to actually make a gift of that to share that so there needs to be an openness on the part of those who are who have been here for a few generations to receive that and an openness from the from from uh latin american catholics to to bring that to really give that fully Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, you might have a better sense of how many Hispanics are actually listening to this podcast. Um, I'm not quite sure, and we don't have all those statistics ourselves from what's downloaded online. Um, But yeah, just to reaffirm, as you say, they are a wonderful gift, and and we want to encourage them. And this is is just a real encouragement for anyone practicing their faith. Keep going and keep enriching the local church, your local parish, the local diocese um, with your family traditions, with a rich legacy that has been handed on for generations, um, but to also to anyone who is not an immigrant, uh, this is also a challenge and an encouragement to say, for those who are feeling outcasts, who those feel like they might be a cultural minority in the parish, uh, how do we how do we you know bring a, a sense of openness to their ca- expressions of Catholicism with their various backgrounds and family traditions or, or local customs, and how do we al- allow that to enrich us? and become part of the fabric of our lived expression of Catholicism, which is much broader than any one ethnicity or any one cultural background. Uh, it really has to take a universal approach. And if we don't have that universal approach in our mindset of wanting to absorb every expression of, of Catholic truth, then can we really claim that we're a, a welcoming people, really seeking to build up the kingdom of God in its entirety here? So thanks for raising this, um, this wonderful cultural uh, aspect and and highlighting the great gift that our immigrants are for us. And we'll keep praying for unity in the life of the church and our local church, and especially
0: for our um, Latin American brothers and sisters who bring such a a beautiful uh, tradition. Uh, God bless you all, and keep fighting the good fight, running the good race of our faith.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.